BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Leslie McClurg in for Mina Kim. Coming up on Forum, the New York Times cooking section is promising its best ever holiday lineup this year. From Clara Saffet's easy rated turkey, which takes only two hours of cooking time, to sweet and sour butternut squash that quote, enlivens the palate, to a tart that substitutes lemon curd for a seasonal cranberry version. And they join us to help you prepare your Thanksgiving meal. We'll talk about innovative recipes, hear surprising stories behind classic dishes, and get advice on what to do with all the leftovers. That's next after this news. This is Forum. I'm Leslie McClurg in today for Mina Kim. And on Thursday, I'm sharing Thanksgiving with some close friends. Over the weekend, we got together to brainstorm the menu and we consulted the New York Times cooking app for some new ideas. And I think I'm going to make caramelized Brussels sprouts. And the recipe suggests separating the dark outer greens to help ensure a tender center and a crispy exterior. And then you finish it off with a squeeze of lemon. And I think I'm going to pair that with a cranberry chutney, which is one of my favorites. And how often you get to eat cranberries. But unlike me, the editors and chefs at the New York Times have been brainstorming their Thanksgiving spread since last spring. And we're going to go behind the scenes to learn about some of their top recipes and get tips for the ultimate feast. Joining me are Emily Weinstein. She's the New York Times cooking editor-in-chief. And Eric Kim. He's a chef and the author of the cookbook Korean American Food That Tastes Like Home. So Emily, what is your what recipe are you most excited about this year? Oh, hi. Well, first of all, Leslie, thank you so much for having us. I love to talk about Thanksgiving. Um, you know, I am always most excited about pie. Mm-hmm. I, I just am all year. Um, and uh, I am really excited this year about the thought of apple pie and pecan pie, maple pecan pie. Um, I'm also going to go buy salt and straw and pick up some other Thanksgiving ice cream flavors. Um, I'm really excited to taste those this year. And Eric, are, is there a dish that you're most excited to make or maybe one that you're excited to eat? Ooh, I love salt and straw, by the way. Um, yeah, I... I've actually already cooked Thanksgiving dinner maybe three or four times this year. <laughs> the nature of my job as a cooking columnist on the food desk. But I 
Do you yeah, have any the, juice left to make it for the, for the you actual know, I, I, I'm very grateful to the one friend who invited me to, to his Thanksgiving, so I get to go in as a guest. But the one thing that I haven't had yet, yet this year is banana pudding, and that's actually um, a dessert, like the, the main dessert that's always on our Thanksgiving table every year. So I'm looking forward to making that. Is that from your family, or is that inspired from your time? Banana pudding doesn't seem like a classic. Or, or maybe it is in some cultures, and I'm not aware. Yeah, I mean, from the South, it's from my cousin, uh, cousin's husband, Brandon, so cousin-in-law. Uh, yeah, I think what's really lovely about growing up in the South is um, a lot of my Thanksgiving staples happen to come from, from the South. Yeah. And how long, what is, how, how long have you guys been preparing? I said last spring, so, but when do you start preparing for, for Thanksgiving? <laughs> well, Eric, Eric is laughing. <laughs> it's been a minute, in other words. <laughs> uh, we start talking about it in the spring. You know, in, in April, that's when I start looking at the fellow senior editors on our team and think, we should really start planning Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then in May, usually we have our first meeting, June at the absolute latest. And that's when we start gathering members of our staff and saying, what do you want to see this year? What do you want to eat this year? You know, what storylines should we be thinking about this year? Every year, Thanksgiving, I think, is a little bit of a mirror of what's going on in the world around it. I shouldn't say every year, but especially in those COVID years. Um, and uh, and then by July, everyone is hard at work, you know, testing turkeys, shooting videos. And what is this year, you said it's a mirror for what's going on in the world. What would you say is being mirrored in the recipes this year in the world? You know, it's funny. This year feels more like a return to the post COVID normalcy. Obviously, COVID is still with us. Um, but, you know, a few years ago, the, those Thanksgiving meetings were really quite different um, and about the scale of the feast and a lot more for us about the emotions of the meal and what it means to have a much smaller celebration without friends and family. Um, this year feels, felt a little bit more like, okay, we're, we're back in business. You know, people, if, if they're gathering with family and friends, are going to do it this year. Um, the calculus has changed quite a lot. Well, Eric, I, I like most folks, uh, ate a lot of green bean casserole growing up, and it was doctored by some good Campbell soup. You made a video on 13 green bean casseroles. What is the takeaway? <laughs> I think the takeaway is that the original was brilliant for a reason. Huh? I think that familiar flavor for a lot of people is, is really important. So I sort of just showed people how to create it from, from scratch and also showed people why we cook these dishes. I think that's the main thing that I, I enjoy doing every Thanksgiving. Um, with my job, I'm, I'm reporting out these side dishes that are very familiar to people, but I think when you really dig into the history and then you realize that it's a real person, it's a home economist who invented that dish, and that's why it's a huge staple on our tables today, I think you can get at the heart of you know why people are cooking that. And at the heart of it, it's really that because it tastes very comforting. There's, there are reasons why we braise green beans for a long time, you know, in November, because the, the beans aren't as, as fresh then. They're, so um, I have, like, little moments like that um, whenever I'm working on Thanksgiving recipes and Thanksgiving stories that, you know, I, I like pointing out the obvious, but maybe people haven't thought of. That's sort of something that I enjoy doing. Emily, is there a, is there a most, con or most clicked green bean casserole on, on the website? 
You know, that is a great question. I would be shocked this year if it weren't Eric's. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about turkey stuffing and all your favorite Thanksgiving side dishes uh, with Emily Weinstein. She's New York Times cooking editor-in-chief. And Eric Kim, he's a chef and author of the cookbook Korean-American Food That Tastes Like Home. We want to hear from you. What questions do you have for our guests about how to prepare the best Thanksgiving meal? What are your unique Thanksgiving traditions? What will this, look, this year look like for you? And what are you going to do with your Thanksgiving leftovers? Give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or you can email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org or find us on Twitter, Instagram, or digital uh, our digital community Discord. Uh, Eric, you had a, um, a another recipe that got a little bit of backlash on stuffing. Tell us that story. <laughs> yeah, I, I love working on this desk because what happens is I was laughing earlier because when what you don't get to do in one year, you can just write it down and you'll do it next year. And so what happened for me was my first year at the Times, I really wanted to come out with like this nice debut Thanksgiving menu and to just really, I don't know, kind of be creative and put my spin on things. So I did a pizza stuffing. Mm-hmm. It was a cheesy pizza stuffing, really delicious. Like you, you bloom some tomato paste and oregano in some butter and that's sort of the flavor base for for bread and cheese and it makes a lot of sense and a lot of people liked it but a lot of people didn't like that I was replacing their sage and onion stuffing and and it was I quickly learned from the comment section that oh Thanksgiving is it's a very interesting holiday for for Americans especially because it's sort of this careful balance between people want to be challenged they want to be taught something new, but at the same time, the reason you cook those dishes is because they're tradition. So it's sort of a fine line. And so the next year, I really blew out stuffing. I, I cooked 20 stuffings to show people. Uh, what I really want to show them was how arbitrary it, it was that, you know, we had this sense of what an authentic stuffing might be to show that stuffing itself is a creation, you know, from, from, from companies. And I mean, and that doesn't mean that it takes away the meaning. Ruth M. Seams, she's, uh, she invented stovetop stuffing. It's like She designed specifically the cube shape that it should be, and that box product is what made stuffing so big in the United States. So I, I just like to show people that our, our American history is fascinating, and Thanksgiving is like exactly the time when you really want to dig in, and that's when you can learn the most about, um, about this holiday. Emily, given that, I mean, given that people want the same flavors, they want their sage and in their stuffing and, and they want their green bean casserole with their Campbell soup, how do you get inspiration? I mean, if you're planning this six months ahead, how do you make, how do you create new and inspiring content if people want their authentic flavors? You know, it, I mean, that really is the challenge every year. Eric just put his finger right on it. And also, I, Eric is so brilliant. I love how he just explained that stuffing is a construct. <laughs> 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 Um, uh, That's really, really hard, you know, because you want to make it dynamic and interesting and delicious. I think people want to, they both want to feel like they're looking at something new and they're cooking something new, but also it's the thing they've known all along. Um, It's a very strange yellow brick road (laughs) journey. Um, And, you know, um, and we want to provide some thought leadership. Right. Like mm-hmm. we want you to think about things a little bit differently and, and we want to teach you things. And, and maybe the thing we want to teach you is just a, a different technique for making the turkey, Some, something that plays into a dish that you might expect to see on, on this holiday table. 
Um, and that's the learning moment. Um, or maybe it's an entirely different recipe altogether. And, and we do see things shift over time. And we have seen people cook differently, think about the meal differently. Um, but it's a balance. Uh, it is a balance. But, it, but Eric is right. People at the end of the day sort of fiercely have their traditions, whatever they are. And they do vary very widely. Um, and how can we both embrace that and, and nudge things forward a little bit? Eric, you recently posted a video, you and two other chefs, which was hilarious. I highly recommend people <laughs> clicking on it about how to make a Thanksgiving meal for under 100 bucks. You had six hours to complete this task. How did that go? <laughs> Man, I, I think for me, I knew that I was approaching it a little differently because I, I've been cooking the Thanksgiving dinner since I was 13 years old. And I, I realized recently, you know, once I started writing about food and more and cooking more publicly that... Maybe that's not that normal for some people, but it's because growing up in an immigrant family, the the parents didn't know how to cook those dishes, and Thanksgiving wasn't really a big thing for them because they had just come to the country. So I was someone who was watching Food Network um, growing up and just really wanting to eat those foods, and the one way to eat those foods was to learn how to cook them myself. So that's really when I started, and so I guess for me, um, you know, me and my cousins cooking in the kitchen with a $100 bill, that was like every, every year, you know? It, it, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that's you've why you've done this before. In other <laughs> I've sort of done it before. But <laughs> okay. but that's why I kind of wanted to um, to like I don't know have fun with it. So I did a French themed menu, and I sort of I, I think to answer your question before, what I actually do is on actual Thanksgiving Day, I cook all new things, no recipes. I sort of just have fun in the kitchen with my partner, and a lot of those ideas end up becoming pitches for the following year. So, you know, I, I think the best cooking, the best recipes come from real life. And the only way to do that is for us to actually live the holiday. And it's kind of hard to live the holiday when <laughs> you have to cook it four times a year. But I think um, for me, it's cooking without a recipe that that brings a spark back for the dinner. But did they all do it, Emily? Can you do it? Can you can you have a beautiful meal and do it under six hours for under 100 bucks? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, look, there's a version of Thanksgiving cooking where you start three weeks out and you methodically plan and you freeze and you map out what you need to do when. I mean, that that version of the meal exists. There is. I mean, the, the video is, is really fabulous. You get three very different menus, too. So it's Eric Kim, Von Vreeland, um, a fabulous producer, video producer on our team, um, uh, and uh, Priya Krishna, one of our reporters. And they each do different menus. And it's really fun. I mean, and that's the thing about Thanksgiving. If you love to cook, this is a really fun occasion to run the marathon, you know. Um, if you like to cook, but also you want to keep it casual, you can definitely just do it all on Thanksgiving Day. We'll talk about how to do it. We can run the marathon or we can do it all in one day. If you haven't even started thinking about it, it's not too late. We'll be right back after this break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Leslie McClurg. I'm in today for Mina Kim, and we are talking about turkey stuffing and all of your favorite Thanksgiving dishes with Emily Weinstein. She's the New York Times cooking editor-in-chief and Eric Kim. He's a chef and author of the cookbook Korean American Food That Tastes Like Home. And we want to hear from you. What questions do you have for our experts That'll help you make an ultimate meal. What are some of your unique Thanksgiving traditions? And what dish do you look forward to most this time of year? Let us know. Give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also email your comments and questions to forum at kqed.org. Or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or our digital community Discord. Let's go right to a call. Uh, Antonio in Santa Clara, you're on the air. Hi, yeah. Um, so I'll tailor this towards the uh, Korean aspect of Thanksgiving. Um, so we used to get tofurkeys from Trader Joe's and cook them along with Asian, our favorite Asian dishes. And so we would ha- sort of have an American plant-based vegetarian uh, tur- turkey dinner or tofurkey dinner and then have whatever Asian dishes various people would bring and then send everybody home with leftovers. And that way, when people receive the, you know, sort of the extra portion of turkey from either your family or your friends, you know, with the tinfoil on top of the plate and the side of mashed potatoes, you have these great sauces and combinations with an Asian flair. And maybe sometimes there might be a little tofurkey leftover, but very rarely was there any tofurkey leftover. <laughs> so if your if your guest if your guest has any suggestions for which Korean flavors to add to this year's Thanksgiving, I'm open to what would go with tofurkey. Eric, Ooh, take love it. Love that. Love that. Um, well, first of all, I want to say that um, in in Hawaii, I was there last year around Thanksgiving, and you know they are eating whatever they is celebratory for them. You know, and like it's like it's like dumplings and and glass noodles and and I think I, I love that you do that for Thanksgiving thanks for sharing your story uh, the first thing that came to mind for me was a I, you know I, I like this one sauce it's called a yangnyum sauce which just means seasoning and it's sort of like gochujang which, which is a Korean chili paste there's a little bit of ketchup strawberry jam soy sauce garlic and it's it's just stir and brush on to whatever bird you're doing or whatever tofurkey you're doing uh, I, I haven't worked with tofurkey much but I think the point here is that it's this bright red crimson sauce that's so you know salty sweet savory um, a little tangy and I think that is something that I used to always brush on roast chickens because growing up um, the turkey was always kind of overwhelmingly expensive so we would we would roast two chickens and we would brush them with this yang yum sauce and I think that bringing that to the table is really satisfying because there's just no chance it can dry out the the sauce adds so much but it also goes well with everything else and it's a very very nice centerpiece I think sounds delicious let's go to another caller uh, Deborah in Concord you're on the air thank you can you hear me yeah you sound great Great. So 
So I'm calling because over the years I have dry brined a spatchcock cookie, and I recently read that you don't have to wash the brine off. That's my question. Do you have to wash it off before you cook it? Very practical. Emily, you do not have to wash the brine off before you cook it. Great. (laughs) You're good to go. You're good to go, Deborah. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. A listener writes, every year my mom's side of the family has Thanksgiving together. Earlier this year, my grandmother and grandfather on that side of the family passed away. My grandmother always made the best Inari sushi, which are fried tofu skins stuffed with sushi rice. She always brought some of our, some to our Thanksgiving. This year, it's just me, my mom, and my uncle. I'll miss my grandparents, but most of all, I will miss that Inari sushi. No one makes it like grandma did. I heard you make a, a, a yummy sound there, Eric. Anything to say about sushi for, for her? Just that I love that that's um, that's a staple for them, and I love that sushi. That's delicious. Um, I, I think my first reaction is just that also, you know, I think if you don't have those losses, then the holiday, where's the meaning? I think the reason these holidays hold so much meaning for people is that it's about celebrating life. And I th- I've always felt that way about Thanksgiving, but also Christmas. And um, I just, I think one way to really capture someone's memory is to, chase their recipe, you know, they, they don't have to be alive for you to recreate that taste memory. So that's something that I, I like to, I like to preach on my Thanksgiving, you know, radio tour. <laughs> You've also made, Emily and I are both, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're crying in the, in the studio right now, everybody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Suzanne writes, any suggestions for vegan crowd-pleasing dish that includes protein? Emily? Oh, gosh, vegan. Um, I'm sorry. I have vegetarian locked and loaded. <laughs> okay, let's go with vegetarian. Uh, well, no, no, no. But but vegan we can do. Okay, um, go for um, it. You know, I, anything uh, with squash. I always think that squash dishes um, are fabulous uh, centerpieces for, for Thanksgiving, especially for vegan guests. I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, I think vegans and vegetarians um, would say, hey, you know, the sides are delicious for Thanksgiving. A lot of them are friendly for vegan and vegetarian diets. You don't have to have that centerpiece. I do think it's really wonderful to have that moment at the table where everybody gasps and you bring out that beautiful centerpiece. Um, This year, our uh, vegetarian centerpiece, sadly not vegan because it includes a huge wheel of brie in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's uh, by one of our writers, um, Alexa Weibel, and it's puff pastry with brie inside, roasted vegetables. This isn't helping you, caller. (laughs) Well, but luckily we do have a caller on the on the line who who maybe can can help. Uh, Mohan, you you're on the air in Mountain View. Yeah, hi. I just to add to this thread of vegan and vegetarian. You know, I think it is kind of ironic that we choose to celebrate, um, you know, over the, the carcass of a bird because uh, you know if we are celebrating life, really the most beautiful way you could do it is to have a vegetarian or vegan meal. And uh, one option for a great vegan centerpiece is a plant-based uh, roast that you can get at Whole Foods. So uh, they are very affordable and they're delicious. And any other side dish that you make can be uh, veganized. So instead of using milk, you can use soy milk or almond milk for the mashed potatoes, for instance. So, um, you know, it is possible and wonderful to have a, a fully vegan Thanksgiving, and more and more people are doing that. And I would definitely encourage that because that's the best way to really celebrate and honor life. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that's a, a really beautiful sentiment and and I and I want to add something else too and this sort of speaks to what um, Eric has been talking about and and um, uh, the listener who wrote in about um, sushi and um, there is just no law that says you have to have a meal that looks like 
turkey stuffing, sweet potato casserole, the, the sort of what I think a, a lot of people have in their head is that sort of Norman Rockwell painting Thanksgiving. Yeah. Cook whatever cuisine makes sense for you, your family, um, or or totally venture out into a different cuisine. I mean, there are many, many of the great cuisines of the world are, um, offer vegetarian, vegan masterpieces. I mean, you know, you could sit down with a huge bowl of a gorgeous, I don't know, vegetable biryani, right? Mm-hmm. And that would be fabulous. You could have a feast with regional cooking from mm-hmm. India mm-hmm. that I think would feel glorious on Thanksgiving Day and could be colorful and alive. Um, and, and just, you know, I, I just want to make sure people envision that as they sit down to plan their menu. Well, shout out to, to a good friend of mine who brings a nut loaf every year, which is absolutely delicious. Mm. Have you ever made one of these, Eric? No, I haven't, but I it, love that. It's really, really delicious. And it actually tastes quite um, quite similar, you know, quite mm. similar to, to a meat product. So, yeah, it's, it's a good option. And, I, I, yeah, I, I deeply enjoy yeah. it every year. Uh, Emily, any ideas uh, for someone who's not a great cook, but they're invited to a meal and they want to make something that tastes special, but they're not, they don't want to spend a lot of time in, it, in the kitchen? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, look, there are very, very easy desserts that you can make, and nobody is mad when you show up with dessert. (laughs) You know, Eric mentioned banana pudding earlier. Um, You know, we have a very, very easy banana pudding recipe on NYT Cooking. It's it's adapted from uh, Magnolia Bakery in New York City, which is perhaps most famous for being the bakery featured on Sex in the City, <laughs> but but is a <laughs> beloved local institution in New York City. They have this fabulous banana pudding. Couldn't be easier. You make vanilla pudding from, from, the, from the supermarket from a package. You layer it with vanilla wafers, bananas, whipped cream on top. You show up with a bowl of that. You are a hero. Or a very simple cake. You know, there's that expression, easy as pie. What a crazy expression. Pie is not that easy. Cake <laughs> is very, very easy. Something simple you put in the oven. Really, really delicious. That's where I would start. Uh, also, potato dishes are, are easy. And they're also very economical. They don't take a lot of time. Um, you know, even if you go to the supermarket and you buy some russet potatoes, butter, milk, Good amount of salt. Don't skimp on the salt with potatoes. Um, you know, and that's just a comfort food that a lot of people can get excited about. Beautiful. We're talking about turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes there, all your favorite Thanksgiving side dishes. We're joined by Emily Weinstein. She's the New York Times cooking editor-in-chief and Eric Kim, chef and author of the cookbook Korean American Food That Tastes Like Home. We'd love to hear from you. What questions do you have for our guests? What are some of your favorite traditions? What are you most looking forward to this Thanksgiving? And what are you going to do with the leftovers? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. 6786, or you can email your comments and your questions to forum at kqed.org. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, or our digital community, Discord. A listener writes, I lucked out with my very first turkey. From the pop out from the pop-out thermometer through the bed of a half-inch navel orange slices as stuffing, then bathing in sangria to the easy cleanup mm. thanks to the brown and bag. It's still by far the most moist turkey I've ever had 50 years later. Is that a recipe from you guys? No, but bathed in sangria? <laughs> bathed in how, sangria. How fabulous is that? <laughs> <laughs> delicious, delicious. All right, that's, uh, we're doing that next year, Eric. <laughs> that, that bag method actually keeps coming out. I, I was going to pitch it. <laughs> we should do a bag turkey. That's like kind of a good idea. A lot of families do that. I know. Well, that's just, you know, that's that's one of those staple sort of 
Thanksgiving, probably yeah. not exactly mid-century, but I always associate the bag turkey maybe with the 60s, 70s. Um, yeah. and, and people do it and they swear by it. That's one thing about turkeys is that if people have a, a way of cooking it in their family, like that is the way they are cooking it. <laughs> what about the deep fried turkey? Is that still all the rage? I know a few years ago that yeah. was kind of the thing. You know what? It is It is really popular. Um, we actually um, published a, a new recipe for it this year. Um, and, and you know, it, it, it is quite regional, especially in the South. I think deep fried turkey is, is still huge. Mm-hmm. I think if you ask a bunch of people in Manhattan, they would be... <gasps> Aghast, yeah, probably in San Francisco then as well. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I I have eaten deep fried turkey. I have to tell you, it is absolutely delicious. It is delicious, and it is and it cooks very quickly. It doesn't dry out. It's moist. It's juicy. I mean, if you have the good fortune to taste that, I I really do recommend it. Uh, Let's go to another caller, Jenny in San Francisco. You're on the air. Hi, um, I wanted to um, mention for the vegan center dish, uh, the veg duckin. Um, there is a way of making it uh, without the cheese um, and with a lot of pecans, I believe it was. And it's a butternut squash with zucchini inside and a couple other things. Um, and it's this beautiful layered thing wrapped up in twine. And when you cut it, it just has this beautiful layered look. Um, just wanted to mention that. Say the dish again. I, I missed it right at the fr- at the beginning. Veg duckin. Veg duckin. Sounds Veg good. duckin. Mm. It's a take on the traditional turducken, but for vegetarian and vegan eaters. Beautiful. Thanks for writing in, Jenny. Eric, you have a casserole recipe that you shared for this year's Thanksgiving. How did you land on that, and and what is it? Ooh. Um, you know, my green bean casserole. It it started out with so many ingredients because uh, I was trying to see if sauteing all these mushrooms and, and you know, slicing all these shallots. And I, I think in the end, what was really lovely was I wanted to test one little thing, which was what would happen if I um, pared back. And so it happened at midnight, actually. I, I, I ran out of mushrooms, actually. So I, I, I went into the kitchen. I, I figured I would test out this uh, simpler version. And it tasted so good. And it also made me kind of realize that um, the cream of mushroom soup that people are used to I'm just going to propose that it doesn't really taste like mushrooms. Not really. <laughs> and I pulled my followers. It was like pretty unanimous. Everyone agrees that it doesn't taste like mushrooms. So I, I think what I was realizing is it takes eating the thing to realize, oh, why why do we like this? Why does it taste the way it does? And so I think my cream sauce, it's a, it's a simple bechamel made with heavy cream seasoned with celery salt and some of the green bean broth. You mm-hmm. braise the green beans like really deeply, and the resultant broth has so much flavor. And it's kind of this Italian technique that I've been you know, kind of using across m- many of my recipes. But the idea that a vegetable, when you cook it down, you really can get at its true flavor. And so I- I'm really proud of this green bean casserole because it's such a small ingredient list, but it's in the technique where you really get at the flavor of the green beans. So it's a green bean casserole that tastes like green beans, and that's what I'm really proud of. Yes. Delicious. Uh, Mike in Sebastopol, you're on the air. Um, I just wanted to share um, one of the, the like quintessential like holiday recipes for, for me is my, um, my grandma's yeasted roll recipe. It's like mm. every time it, it comes out of the oven, it just fills the, the whole like house with these wonderful smells. Um, uh, we... Nice videotaped uh her five ten years ago and she was like instructing all of the the grandkids on how to make it um it's a little more time intensive and so um 
she no longer makes it now, so I've kind of carried the torch forward, and um, I try to like spread the the uh, recipe and far and wide as I can. Whoever wants to ask for it, um, and they're perfect for any leftovers, whether it's meat or or a veggie side dish. Um, and yeah, I just love that. Just reminds me so much of uh, of, of of holidays. Beautiful. There's nothing like fresh baked bread coming out of the oven. A listener writes, uh, or a listener asks, this is a good question, any ideas Any ideas for cocktails, wine pairings, or post-dinner aperitifs? Emily? Oh, so the, our wine critic at the Times, Eric Asimov, is very insistent, I love this, that you should drink any wine you want on Thanksgiving. <laughs> there are no rules. <laughs> Red, white, whatever, you know? And, and, um, and I think that that's a lot of support. That's always surprising for people to hear that, like, a wine critic would say that. But I think it really is true. Um, um, you know, the meal lends itself to a bunch of different uh, wine styles. Um, I love sparkling wine mm-hmm. <laughs> at Thanksgiving. I mean, not only is it yeah. celebratory, but it's it is actually really nice um, with a lot of those uh, flavors on the table. It sort of pings off them. Mm-hmm. Um, as for cocktails... Um, you know, one thing I learned this year from our audience editors is that the tequila sunrise <laughs> spikes on Google search right before Thanksgiving. And I, you know, talk about a cocktail that, like, is not traditionally associated with the no, Thanksgiving No, I wouldn't piece. have thought the tequila sunrise is not know. what I thought you were going to say, like a Manhattan. Or, I yeah. know. Hey, look, if 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 you were to invite me to your house for Thanksgiving and I walked in the door and you handed me a Manhattan, You'd be I would okay be with that? delighted. <laughs> but tequila sunrise or would work like as well. like a gin martini. Like but yeah, but the tequila sunrise. And I was like, well, that's sort of fantastic. You know, <laughs> it's really, that's really, really fun. We did publish a new recipe this year in honor of this learning awesome. <laughs> our team. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I am, I, I, I love a Manhattan. I love those sort of brown liquor. Right. To me, that feels very autumnal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am from the Northeast, so I'm thinking leaves changing and a Manhattan and a fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, wherever you are in the country, <laughs> I also think that the, the drink that's best is the one where you can um, make sure everybody feels welcome. Keep them coming, you know. <laughs> that's that, the best advice. Keep, keep, them, keep, coming, keep them coming. Folks. Have that bottle of wine open on the table. Make sure everybody feels really welcome. Eric, any favorite cocktails or, or drinks you want to yeah. yeah, I was just thinking that every Thanksgiving, I always end up with a bunch of Satsuma mandarins or clementines with the floppy green leaves. It's sort of like a signal towards December and, and the holidays. And for me, the making sort of a 50-50 martini out of that is good. It's just 50% vodka, 50% uh, dry vermouth, and a, a splash of the, the clementine juice. And what that does is it helps you... For me, Thanksgiving is a long game. It's like a marathon that day. So you can sip on it, and it sort of gradually gets you closer to the festivities instead of, you know... Smack you in the face. <laughs> I, I hope I get to walk into your place one day and you can hand me one of those because that sounds delicious. Uh, folks, we will be right back after this break. We're talking about Thanksgiving with Emily Weinstein. She's the New York Times cooking editor-in-chief. And Eric Kim, he's a chef and author of the cookbook Korean-American Food That Tastes Like Home. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Leslie McClurg. I'm in today for Mina Kim, and we are talking all about Thanksgiving with two incredible experts from the New York Times. Emily Weinstein is the editor-in-chief there for the cooking section, and Eric Kim is a columnist, and he's also a chef, or excuse me, he's also an author of the cookbook Korean American Food That Tastes Like Home. And we really want to hear from you. What questions do you have for our guests? They have incredible tips to offer. What are some of your unique Thanksgiving traditions? What dish are you most like most looking forward to to making this year? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. Again, that's 866-733-6786. Or you can email your comments and your questions to forum at kqed.org or find us on social media. Uh, let's go to a call now. Alinda in Oakland, you're on the air. Hi. Um. So I have a group that I have Thanksgiving with for many, many years, and I'm usually one of the pie bakers. Um, But I saw that a lot of people are baking pie this year, and I got an ice cream maker a few months ago. Um, So I'm making two unusual uh, kind of exotic ice cream flavors. um, I already made a passion fruit ice cream, and I'm going to make a fig leaf ice cream. Which oh, I discovered recently. So, so. <laughs> so delicious. Passion fruit and fig leaf. That sounds amazing, Linda. Thank you so much yeah, for sharing. Separate. Yeah, they're two separate flavors. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful, beautiful ideas. I wouldn't think to make ice cream. Uh, let's go right to another caller. Uh, Pulkita in San Jose. You're on the air. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Um, I would like to share one of the things which I make it every year. There are a few things, actually. I make um, biryani mm-hmm. with basmati mm-hmm. rice and um, with a stuffed kofta also. And another side mm-hmm. of dish I make it every year is oven roasted carrots, which is very mm-hmm. simple. You just need just minutes to prep. Um, it is very tasty, yummy, and it's savory also. And the carrots is a special simple season with olive oil and sprinkle of salt and pepper. Beautiful. Very naturally, slightly, yeah, as a cider dish. Uh, you can keep it on the side. Um, and then when you roast it, it's very simple. It just takes 20 minutes at 425 degrees. Mm-hmm. And when you take the pictures as a side dish, it looks so beautiful. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. That sounds absolutely delicious, Polkita. A listener writes, I love to cook and I love really good food and unusual foods. However, Thanksgiving has to be traditional. My kids are all in their 20s now, but yet we all agree. Green bean casserole, which we have nicknamed trash roll, (laughs) stuffing with only a little bit of celery and onion and lots of butter, just the basics that we all know. We can have fancy gourmet meals any other time of the year on Thanksgiving. It's all about the traditional Gen X Thanksgiving that I grew up with. (laughs) 
<laughs> Another listener writes, we make big stuffed handmade tortellini filled with winter squash that yields nice, dry, nutty flesh served on top of spiced lentils with bean broth braised shallots. Delicious. Wow. Nice. And one more from David. Uh, here's a good sugar-free holiday dessert I developed. It starts with thinly sliced yam and apple slices, baked, drizzled with olive oil, splashed with vanilla and bourbon, and then baked until lightly caramelized. Wow. So delicious. Uh, let's go to another caller, uh, Julie in Fremont. You're on the air. There you asked about uh, leftover ideas. I did. I Tell us. My <laughs> I use my turkey. First of all, I boil the carcass for about an hour, hour and a half, and debone everything. And then I throw in a lot of the leftovers, a big handful of stuffing that's homemade with Jimmy Dean sausage and that sort of thing. Sounds- I have a big handful of orzo, and I make a hearty soup. So that's mm-hmm. the first one. Mm. Out of the leftover meat, I'll frequently make a curry, some you know, mashed it's a boiled potatoes, carrots, um, celery, um, a quick can of um, chicken soup and some curry powder, and I make a, a yummy curry that I can put over rice for another night. Mm. And then last but not least, it's a family pa- favorite. We call it cheese pie, but it's basically a quiche with anything. It's a you know a, a refrigerator cleaner, but it's great for leftover turkey, and we can have that for a third meal. What do you usually, I mean, what, in, what ends up in the everything goes in there Thanksgiving? Like literally, you just take um, all your leftovers and throw some eggs around them, or how does it work? <laughs> In the quiche, I usually do like some um, eggs, mayonnaise, a little cornstarch, and then like a half a pound of whatever meat and is your favorite. In this case, I use the turkey. And then the same thing for the veg. You can use, you know, up to a half a cup of broccoli or scallions or whatever you have. And then I throw that in there with the, the egg base and, you know, ha- half a cup um, of cheddar and then usually a cup of Monterey Jack just to give myself some cheese variety in there into a pre-made pie crust. And that makes another meal that's a family favorite, too. Delicious, Julie. What about you, Eric? Any favorite uh, things to do with the leftovers? Oh, man. <laughs> For me, I really think it's just I eat stuffing. I eat the stuffing with the gravy in like a a, a, a Maybe like a coffee mug. <laughs> so I just I just do that for many many days. I'm not very creative with my leftovers because I just I think I when I get to the meal I'm like oh I love this food I love stuffing I love we do our family does like a broccoli cheese rice casserole any of the things that are microwavable. The problem this year is I moved into a new kitchen that doesn't have a microwave. So I I know you can use the oven and stuff, but it's just really not the same. You don't get the same hot spots and (laughs) kind of the chewy edges of the stuffing. Like, I think that's that's kind of what I look forward to personally. Is there a favorite recipe for leftovers on the on the in the cooking section, Emily? Oh my gosh! Well, so we we are we just published a new one yesterday that I'm really excited to try from Kenji Lopez Alt. It's a Thanksgiving leftovers hot pocket. <laughs> using store-bought dough and um, it's really it just looks really <laughs> amazing oh, and yeah. you can put all this sort of leftovers wrapped in the dough and sort of this pastry all oh, looks delicious um, but you know what my personal favorite is a recipe we published a few years ago by Samin Nasrat who is a Bay Area resident and former New York Times food columnist and friend of NYT cooking and she has a recipe for it's sort of a shortcut turkey tikka masala Mm. And, like, this recipe is so outrageously good. Mm. (laughs) Just on NYT Cooking, Mm. please look for it. Um, it, uh, That same year, she also did a turkey pho that is just delicious. So getting hungry. Those are my favorites. That's what I do every year. 
Beautiful. Uh, let's go to Mark in San Jose. Mark, you're on the air. Yeah, thanks. Uh, hold on, get off speakerphone for a second. There we go. Okay, so you guys brought up um, sangrias and tequila sunrises and Manhattans. Well, we use um, a Manhattan with soy sauce and spices, you know, garlic powder, onion powder, etc., as a base for the bird that we grill either on uh, coals or on a gas grill. And we've known that since before I can remember. And then the libation of choice is a margarita made from scratch. So two parts tequila, one part triple sec, which I replaced with control because it's a little smoother, and uh, one part rose's lime juice. And uh, we use a dash of milk at the end of the uh, blending period, uh, leaving the ice a little chunky in order to cut down on the acid bite a little bit. I've can never I, heard of that. Can I come to your house? <laughs> <laughs> it's milk at the end of a margarita. Oh, no, that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. I love how you're like, yeah. we're not going to drink the Manhattan. We're going to base the turkey. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, okay. well, the, the turkey can drink it. <laughs> yeah. The skin is uh, Everyone's crisp happy. and browned and just tasty as all get out. <laughs> Beautiful, Mark. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope I hope it's as delicious or even more delicious than it sounds. Uh, let's go to Ariel in Berkeley. You're on the air. Hi, thanks so much for the show. I love all of the ideas and been writing a bunch of them down. I wanted to offer my own. Um, I'm vegan uh, and recently gluten-free. Um, and one dish that everyone loves that, um, that I do for meat eaters and vegans alike is I take root vegetables, so carrots, turnips, um, different things like that, and scallop them in a baking dish. And then I usually add some spices in there, some, um, some broth of some sort, and then I top it with cut up uh, vegan sausages. So I love the Beyond Meat ones. We can use any kind. Top that with some spices as well. Bake it up for, you know, several minutes. Um, usually, at <laughs> least probably longer than it needs to be. So everything kind of crystallizes together. Um, and it's just really delicious. Um, and it looks fun when you, when you scoop it out. Um, and then the other thing I just wanted to say for all those who are kind of in their dietary limitations, I would just encourage them to be creative. There's so many different things in the Bay Area that we have access to in terms of ingredients that you can't get in other parts of the country um, that make you, you know, be able to have that really home-cooked, you know, kind of familiar taste buds uh, sensations um, without having to uh, kind of go off of your um, your chosen path in terms of diet or, or whatever you're dealing with health-wise. Um, and then also just quickly, I wanted to say thank you to the Times uh, cooking folks. Uh, you all are my guides. Uh, whenever I need to figure out a new recipe, I I go to your website, and even if I don't follow it exactly, there's usually some great um, adjustments in the comments. So huge props to you all for continuously coming up with new things for us to try. Oh, thank, you. thank you so much for that compliment. Shout out to the comments, the NYT <laughs> cooking recipe comments. I love them. Our commenters are brilliant and often very funny. Um, um, and... Um, it's a, it's just a privilege to to put this food and these ideas in, in front of you all. Um, you know, I was thinking. You know, you mentioned that casserole, and it sounds really delicious. And uh, I can't remember something Eric was saying earlier. And I was thinking about how um, food in layers always feels really fancy on Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. right? There's just something really mm -hmm. special about that. And so, yeah. if you are cooking, um, if you are thinking about a vegan centerpiece, um, 
I think that idea sounds incredibly good with the vegan sausages and another way to do it. I mean, root vegetables are so beautiful and the colors are so beautiful and they really sort of work in the context of Thanksgiving, you know, reds and golds. And you you can, you know, slice those vegetables really thin and do like a, a tian, like, you know, or, or some sort of gratin, obviously without the dairy and roast the vegetables. And, and, you know, you can make patterns with them. You can stack them in their sides and make patterns. Um, you could layer them. And then you do get that beautiful presentation moment at the the table where you're slicing into a dish, you're seeing all the layers, you're seeing all the colors. I think that is that's that sort of magic of, of Thanksgiving. It's sort of the gathering, the amount of food, and the special visual moments. Mm. I actually have another suggestion too. It's I mean, in that color palette, there's this one dish that I made for Thanksgiving once, and it was just the salad. It was the raw salad, and it was everyone's mm-hmm. favorite. And it was it's a recipe on New York Times cooking called fancy canned cranberries, and you really just slice the the can um, into into circles and then you layer that with also slices of orange I, I like to do the clementines and mandarins that aforementioned and then uh, thin slices of red onion and you you just drizzle it with olive oil salt pepper Vaughn Vreeland made it on our latest video it's sort of this unassuming <laughs> variation of the canned cranberry sauce but you're presenting it as a salad and it's this raw fresh pickly thing that works really well against everything else on the plate. So I, I don't know, that's something that I always try to tell people, which is I know we love the, the, the meat, we love the, the cream, we love the butter, but you do need like one or two salads on there. And another thing I do is um, just quickly blanch green beans with canned artichokes and then some radicchio and then lemon juice, salt, pepper, olive oil, oregano. These are all just like raw raw salads that are not to mention super easy to make. There's no cooking involved really. So. I think that's something that everyone should should think about. You've changed me. I'm not going to make my cranberry <laughs> sauce this year. That sounds absolutely delicious. You're listening to Forum. I'm Leslie McClurg. I'm in from Mina Kim today. And again, we're talking about Thanksgiving. Uh, let's go to another caller, uh, Francesco in San Rafael. You're on the air. Hey, Leslie. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, speaking of cranberry sauce, uh, anybody who has uh, experienced this before knows that the divide between Canned and homemade cranberry sauce is as stark as almost any political debate. And let's face it, we get enough family fights over enough crazy stuff on Thanksgiving anyway. So I have, after having dated somebody for several years who was from a staunchly homemade-only family and me coming from a very much... uh, Canned. Worshipper of the jelly can. Uh, I've, I've come to the conclusion that if in mixed company, it behooves me to be hosting Thanksgiving to offer both. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. uh, I, I am fully behind that. That is a beautiful <laughs> statement of unity. <laughs> Bring us together, Francesco. Thank you so much for, for eliminating the polarization this time of year. <laughs> Uh, let's go to another caller, uh, Kate in Oakland. You're on the air. Hi. Um, I had uh, two questions, one of which is I'm doing a, a turkey breast because it's a very small gathering, and I'm going to do a wild rice stuffing, and I'm making this up as I go, so I'm not quite sure how long to cook it. Do you have any recommendations? Mm. Gosh, for for the turkey breast. Because um, I would cook, right, right. of course, so I'll, I would cook the I'll wild rice separately. Out, roll it up. Oh gosh, you know, I I can't 
I can speak to this. That's a hard one off the top of my head. Sounds like Eric's got an idea. Oh, Eric, Eric yeah. did it. Run I did a, I did a turkey breast recipe the other year. And um, I mean, my rule of thumb is always about 13 minutes per pound. But what I really want to say is um, get a thermometer. You really want to check the internal temperature. It should be like, you know, 155. Um, but I pulled, the bur- I pulled the breast out at 150. But okay, this is really what I want. I love telling people in there. They're always blown away. You just really don't need to do that much to turkey. Um, what I like to do is I just baste it in melted butter um, or even just softened butter, salt, pepper, put it in a 350 degree oven. That sounds really low, but what that does is um, it's a a slower roast than usual. So you're able to cook it through, but also I'm convinced that while it's in the oven for that long, um, the salt does penetrate. And I think people are always blown away by the results because they, they're like, what? I didn't have to brine it? I have to... But I'm telling you, it's just another bird. You know, roast it like a chicken. <laughs> just do it. Well, you know, <laughs> just good. do it, folks. <laughs> you know, what's nice about just cooking the breast, obviously it's good for a, a smaller crowd. You don't need the whole turkey. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you really can just focus on cooking the breast to doneness. I mean, one of the challenges yeah. of cooking a turkey, a whole turkey for Thanksgiving, it makes it so difficult uh, to master is that the dark meat, in order to cook the dark meat properly, you really do risk drying out that delicious, juicy breast meat. So to only do the breast, you're already off to, uh, you've got a great head start. I mean, obviously the same would be true if you were only roasting thighs or or legs, just the dark dark meat. Smart and simpler. Uh, Kate, I think you have another question for us. One more. Well, it's it's, uh, not really a question. It's what I do with my leftover stuffing is if, and I wish I could claim this, it's not my own invention, but if you have a Belgian waffle maker, add an egg to uh, the leftover stuffing, and the, uh, the number of eggs would depend on how much stuffing you had, just to make it sticky, put it in a Belgian waffle maker, toast it, and then use your gravy as syrup with a little bit of the leftover turkey, and it's a home run. Beautiful. Okay, so we're at the end of the meal, and we're we're uh, or I should say we're at the end of the hour. Uh, but at the end of the meal, you're going to have to clean up. And yesterday, you all published an article on how to how to make washing those dishes a little easier. A few tips before we go. Clean as you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. and like picture me saying that in like all caps, <laughs> italics, five exclamation points. You know, you really um, the thing that will help you most at the end of the night is if you don't also have all the accumulated cooking dishes from the day. Keep it as sane as you possibly can. Clean as you go. Eric, any any final words on how, how to make it a little less stressful at the end? I'm actually really I'm pretty bad at cleaning, but my mom's <laughs> voice is in my head. Clean as you go is, is the main, main piece of advice. Um, but, you know, I got to say, there's something really satisfying about that final wipe of the counter when you're done and everything's put away. And I, I, I sort of like think it's a mental game. Think of that moment. <laughs> and um, so I, I like cleaning. I usually like cleaning alone. I think that's that's like a quiet space for me. Put on a podcast. Just Just do it. You know, earlier we talked about Thanksgiving being the marathon, or if you cook it the same day, being a sprint. And I love that Eric just offered us the metaphor of the finish line, right? <laughs> the final wipe of the counter. Uh, you can see it, right? At the end of the year, yeah. like, ah, yep. I can uh, go to sleep. Yeah. 
We've been talking about turkey stuffing and all of your favorite Thanksgiving dishes. I have a lot of new ideas. I hope you do too. We've been joined by Emily Weinstein. She's a New York Times cook. She is the New York Times cooking editor in chief. And Eric Kim, he's a columnist for the New York Times, and he's also the author of the cookbook Korean American Food That Tastes Like Home. Thank you so much to our listeners for all of your calls and your comments, and thank you to Mark Nieto for producing. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I'm Leslie McClurg. I'm in for Mina Kim. Have a wonderful holiday. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.